When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Heart and Hand is proudly sponsored by NordVPN. Uh, David, we've had the opportunity to use our Nord accounts in the last couple of weeks. Um, as someone who hasn't had a, a an overwhelming experience with uh, using virtual networks, I'm really enjoying being able to use uh, my Nord account. And I think that, you know, with someone such as yourself with a background in it, it's proven to be to be really, really important to you. Well, yeah, I used to work in web for a number of years. And in fact, that was my interest in web that made me start a podcast, you know, and, and get interested in all the, the new things you could do. Uh, and therefore, internet security has always been something that, that I take a special interest in. Because I think like most people now, Cammy, I do so much of... Uh, my life is 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 online and so much of it is important stuff like banking and whatnot so it really is important to me to know that i'm using something that's quite safe and that i'm i'm making sure my details are as safe as they can be because i've had the thing in the past where you know i've had to change bank cards and it's a pain in the neck and you know takes ages to get reset so i'm keen to avoid that any way that i can and especially we're using things like public wi-fi networks which you know hackers love that's kind of places hackers go to so knowing that i just need to flip on the nordvpn and i'm safe and protected is huge it will allow you access into different streaming services as well, but they have the option of over 59 different countries. Uh, so you can change your virtual location with just one click as well, uh, which gives you some real opportunities to be able to go out to get loads of different um, content, no matter what your entertainment is going to be, David. And I think that, as you've said, living in that kind of virtual world now, um, it just really opens up all the different benefits to it as well. And personally speaking, uh, as someone who, similar to yourself, just does so much stuff online, but you're out and about constantly as well, having that kind of sense of security is also really, really important too. Yeah, it sounds geeky, uh, and I admit to being a big geek, but it's really not. It's it's just something that I think with anybody who uses things to, to make their life easier, this helps, you know, this this just puts your mind at rest a wee bit. And it's something I'm always banging on to uh, to, to my stepdaughter and, and to my wife to make sure that, that they use it too. So I've used many VPNs in the past, but but Nord is the market leader for a reason. It is the best one. And it was the one I would have recommended anyway. Uh, never mind the fact that, that we're sponsored by them now. But it's, it's a really good tool. It's really useful. If you need to take a short holiday for any reason, then it's the it's the ideal thing for that. But for me, the, the main thing is that I know, flip this on, and that's me nice and secure. And I can go about my business without having to worry that I'm going to have to run the risk of exposing my my, my personal information to people that really shouldn't get a hold of it. You can get a NordVPN account as well through Heart and Hand with a fantastic discount as well. If you could go to nordvpn.com uh, forward slash heart and hand, H-E-A-R-T-A-N-D-H-A-N-D, um, you'll be able to go straight into a benefit site, which will then give you a discount on that. If for whatever reason the, the uh, discount isn't there, you can just write into the coupon box, Heart and Hand, all one word, 
and you'll be able to then have your discount applied there as well. Go on and check it out, folks. It is absolutely fantastic. David and I both love it, uh, and we'd love to get you uh, using it as well to provide that safety and security, and more importantly, peace of mind. Thanks now. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. This is your flagship show, which kicks off your week. My name is Cami Bell. I am stepping in for David Edgar this week. Uh, hope to find you all safe and well. Certainly a very enjoyable start to the weekend as Rangers beat them Dunfermline 5-0 uh, in the League Cup opening game. And here to discuss that with me is my very good friend from Four Lads Had a Dream, Stevie Clifford. Stevie, thank you for joining me on the flagship this week. It's a pleasure to have you on. Hi Cammy, thanks for inviting me on. I'm looking forward to discussing all things Rangers. Yes, well, um, I think it was something to look forward to, I think, uh, on Friday night, Stevie, because uh, following our uh, Champions League exit, I think it was fair to say that uh, we were in a little bit of the doldrums and there was a part of me that w- which was hoping that Friday would come around pretty quickly because uh, I wanted to take it out on Sunday and it just happened to be Dunfermline in the firing line. In the build-up to the match, Stevie, how were you feeling about it? Were you, I mean, were you kind of in the same place I was, that it was just about getting back on the pitch and being able to to right a few wrongs? Any nerves, anything like that? No, I didn't feel nervous. Um, obviously, it had been a difficult week, uh, three really disappointing results, and no matter what happened on Friday night, that wasn't going to be fixed. But what I was looking forward to is, I always look forward to a reaction, Cammy. I want to see what the attitudes are like. I want to see how the players respond I wanted to see some changes, which we got, um, and it, it put pressure on others. That's that's the kind of response I was looking for. Obviously, you wanted a few goals. You wanted um, a, a proper response, and to, not only in terms of result, but in terms of how we played, because the football hasn't been good. And I've been really concerned that we were slipping into old patterns that weren't really working and hadn't worked on previous years, which I'm sure we'll get to in a, as we sort of d- go through the game from Friday. But that was the kind of response I was looking for. And like you, as soon as Rangers don't get a result, I can't wait for the next game. I'm always eager just to get straight back into it. So we were lucky that we had Tuesday, then Friday. And I was thinking bigger picture in terms of as well, between the Tuesday and the Thursday for this European game coming, we have a good 10 days. Dunfermline on Friday night gives the, the opportunity or gave the opportunity for us to rotate a bit and get some confidence back. But it also allows us in those 10 days to really got on the training pitch and, and look at things and try and get people over knocks and back up to speed and things, which we've had a pretty fractured pre-season, which is which is shown. So all of these things combined, I was looking forward to it, Cammy, really on, on Friday night, and I'm pleased to say we got a really good response. Yeah, and, and we'll talk a little bit about that lineup before we get into individuals. The, the, the starting 11 were John McLaughlin um, doing an interesting piece of rotation with Alan McGregor between... Uh, between appearing and between league games, Champions League qualifiers, League Cup games. Nathan Patterson uh, coming at right back for Captain James Tavernier. Connor Goldson, um, the ever-present, was captain for the evening. Uh, Jack Simpson played alongside him in the centre of defence. And Borna Barisic came out uh, in replacement for Calvin Bassey. Midfield three, Glenn Kamara, John Lundstrom and Joe Rebo with a forward three of uh, Yanis Hadji, Kamal Roof and Scott Wright. After the Malmo game, Stevie, I, I took the opportunity to ask the manager, you know, would that have an impact? And not just necessarily the Malmo result, but as you mentioned there, maybe some of the performances weren't in a great space, um, players a little bit off the boil. And I took the opportunity to ask him, you know, would that have an impact? And he said it would. Um, I was quite surprised when I saw this lineup. That back four, I think, looked um, relatively... Uh, untested, there's, there's obviously a lot. Of, I mean, there is a, a youth in there as well for sure. Um, but I think that it was a it was a good mix, in my opinion, of allowing the opportunity for some of the players to be able to come in who are on the on the fringe, but also to retain some players, and in particular, John Lundstrom, maybe hasn't quite adapted to life at Rangers yet because he's playing a different type of midfield role. That, um, what you were expecting, you know, was it a little bit different, better or, or, or worse in terms of what you were looking for? I like you, I was slightly surprised after him saying he was going to go really strong. You could argue that from the back five, really, including the goalkeeper, there was only one in Connor Goldson that you would consider to be a mainstay. 
However, that said, um, I think we're pretty fluent in the goalkeeping position, whereas, you know, if Alan had played, he's not going to have anything to do, and that's not mean to sound disrespectful. Pretty much like the other games that John's played in, um, Livingston at home, etc., he's, he's had nothing to do. So that position can be rotated. I'm, I'm quite happy with what they do in there. I'm, I'm not too fussed. The problem becomes the, the centre-back positions in front of them and when you factor the goalie changes into it and we don't get results, that's where he has to stand up to the scrutiny. But I was pleased to see Calvin Bassey come in because Borna, to me, doesn't look right. He doesn't look, I'm not sure if he's not fit or he's carrying a knock or he's just really down on confidence. Whatever way, he needed to be taken out of that. And that's kind of what I mean by allowing 10 days gap between European games and him the chance to, to get back up to some sort of speed. Bassey, however, was sensational. He really put in a claim for the shirt, and arguably now that shirt is his, which is what you want when you put people in. Nathan Patterson, I don't think he's got anything to prove, so that's a bit of game time for me. And it's also maybe just a wee reminder to Tav that he has to keep his standards up. Uh, I'm not saying that they've been down, but they've not been, possibly not been where we hope they are. Centre-back Goldson's always going to start. Jack Simpson needs games. Um, Jack Simpson's a project for me. And if you look at in terms of where we've been centre-back-wise, you know, even when Connor came in, Connor was a bit like what Jack Simpson is now. So he's got to get up to speed. He's got to learn. And he doesn't have the... the what's the word I'm looking for? He doesn't have the, the kind of grace that a forward has or an attacking midfielder in that they can score goals or make goals, so they kind of get by a wee bit more. People concentrate on Jack Simpson when he gives the ball away, when he doesn't make a tackle, etc. And he was, and he is, he is rusty and needs to get up to speed, but that was a perfect opportunity for him to get game time. So it wasn't that I wasn't um, surprised. I, I agree. I can see what the manager's doing. So in terms of the, the selection we went with, it surprised me slightly because of what he said, but I wasn't surprised in who played, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, um, I mean, it was a strong bench um, as well. So there was a part to me, Tav on the bench, Philip Hollander, Cedric Kitten, Ryan Kemp was on there, Alfredo Morelos. And obviously some of these guys were able to to, to come on and, and get some, some game time in the legs. So it felt a little bit to me like there was certainly back up there if, if for whatever reason, the, the, the game fell into a bit of a, a troublesome spot for us. It didn't happen because near on the perfect start, um, as John Lundstrom in the third minute of the game smashed home a, a terrific finish, uh, just almost hitting the kind of under, bar, uh, under the crossbar roof of the net, um, and just a, a brilliant smash uh, when it hit the ball at pace. Now, we're going to talk a lot about the Rangers' performance and also the result, and I'll just give that some context around the fact that, yes, yeah, Steve and I are both aware that it's Dunfermline, and we understand that there is definitely a difference in class, um, but it's very telling for me, I think, Stevie, when you see players like Lundstrom, who I, I think th- there's, there's, a, there's a spotlight on, and I understand that there was a big pursuit of Jordan Lundstrom. That it, it felt to me like it went on for ages and ages before we eventually got the deal over the line. And I do want to give him a little bit of, of leeway because he, he, he's playing in a midfield that does not play to how he played at Sheffield United. The, the role that he's performing is going to be different because he won't be used to having as much as the ball um, and the midfield having as much as the ball uh, as he's used to. And also, you know, being able to, to constantly go forward and to penetrate and be able to move with purpose with the ball. So I want to give him, you know, some time to, to adapt to that. But I also wanted him to have a really strong performance. And I think scoring in the third minute, I think you see what it meant to him. I think, similar to you, there's there's a little bit of, of project work involved with him, him to allow that adaptation. But I was so pleased when he got the goal because I, I think it's exactly what he needed. And I think, for the manager at least, including him in it and then getting that goal, I think that was a, a great game plan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think the thing is what you have to f- look at as well is John Lundstrom in pre-season looked really good. He, he had some good cameos. And he had a good cameo against Livingston. Indeed, people were saying that when he came on, it kind of lifted us and kicked us on to get the, the second and the third goal. When you look a wee bit further in depth of, of why that happened, you could easily say that when he's come on against Livingston, Livingston have tired. They're not harassing. They're not pressing. They're not chasing and, and kicking as much. So he gets that extra touch. 
when you watch his performance against Dundee United, he I he's clearly still trying to get up to speed with our game. And we have to be patient with that because we are a very fast league. We're very tough tackling. We're very in your face, especially at Rangers. So he doesn't have time for a second touch. He doesn't have time to look up. Everything has to be quick. It has to be instant. It has to be impactful all the time. He won't get away with second touches where he gets robbed in the ball or he won't get away with not tracking back and things like that. So he has to give him time to adapt, absolutely. So giving him a game like like Friday night, where, as you, as you rightly point out, a good game plan from the manager, because he should, with his quality, excel. And, and one bad or two bad performances or three, whatever you want to say it is, doesn't suddenly make John, John Lundstrom a, a bad player. What it does is just remind everybody that we need to give these people time to settle in. Fashion Sakala is the exact same. He will need time to, to fit into our game. And when you look at the, the likes of Conor Goldson, you look at the likes of um, Borna Barisic, these guys take time. So we need to be patient and we need to not do what we normally do, which is big them up too much, rubbish them too much and take it in context for what it is. And I've been talking a lot about this over the weekend, over the last week in the blogs and and obviously with David and, and yourself and, and the wider sort of, you know, Rangers conversations that we need to just remember context for where we are. We've got such a habit of, you know, one minute we're world beaters and next we're the worst team in the world. Let's take it for what it is and go from there. John Lundstrom had a good performance on Friday night. It's something to build on. The manager knows where he is. We know where he is as well. And he'll, he'll factor that into game time. I think John Lundstrom come Thursday night, for example, in Europe is a perfect position and a perfect game for him to play at. Whereas when we go up to Ross County on a Sunday, it's a completely different type of game and it might not be. But the manager's well-versed to know that. Need to protect him slightly as well, Cammy, in that, um, you know, know when to pick him while he adapts as well before we can start playing him 12 games in a row and we consider him to be settled in. It's interesting, Stevie, as you mentioned that, because they, they added, um, you know, optic on that is really is it easier to do that because you mentioned some of the players and listen I totally agree with your point you mentioned some of the players that kind of came in at the start of the Rangers career and stuff and a lot of the players that you mentioned came in within the last few years um had to build in as, as Rangers as a as, as the club and the team were involved within their own massive project have been able to win the league and I'm just I'm curious to know do you think as a player it's easier to be able to come into a team that's in a transition, working towards a goal, um, and still very much in the midst of that, or is it harder to be able to come in to a winning team that has been relentless in the season prior, uh, very comfortable with their approach, very comfortable that we've now got a formation and tactics um, that that are finally, you know, bearing fruit and having to fit into that system because I think that's something else that all Rangers fans need to remember that yes we know 55 was brilliant and we had a six months party and probably the last couple of weeks you've maybe seen a little bit of the hangover of that party if I'm being honest but you know that's behind us now we're concentrating on 56 but we do also have to allow ourselves the the opportunity of patience to allow these guys to come in and I think it is a hard thing to do when you come into a, a winning well-structured team. What I would say to that is that I don't think there's a perfect time to come into a Rangers team at all, Cammy, because of how expectant we are as a fan base, how negative our media are, and the pressure that comes with playing with a club like Rangers, because Rangers are unique. I think that you know it, it's a shock to the system to some players that come in and maybe think, well, a draw or you know not a good performance isn't the be-all and end-all, whereas at Rangers the pressure is incredible. So I don't think I don't think there's a perfect time at all to come in. I don't think that matters if you're champions, transition, etc. I think maybe you would come into, I think John Lundstrom's maybe come into a group and a dressing room that's got less pressure on it and less pressure within it. But after the last week that we had prior to Dunfermline, I think he would feel that anyway. So what I would say is it's, it's a very good learning experience for him to have a week like this this early, same as Fashion Sakala, because there can be no questions or no surprises in the pressure and the expectation level at a club like ours. So 
I think that's I think that's probably what I would say in, in response to that. I don't you know, Rangers is 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 massive pressure, massive club, you know, every single game. We we seen it on, on Friday night, you know, we won five now and some people said that we should have got more goals. That's what it's like. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, very very challenging. I think is probably the the nice PC way I've been able to try and put it. Um, coming back to the game, Stevie, I, I, and I don't want to kind of just override any of the any of the fantastic play that we saw, but I do want to to focus on a man that you mentioned earlier on, Calvin Bassey, in particular. Uh, by the time that we got to 20 minutes, we were three 0 up, and 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 Bassey had already had two assists by that point with Lundstrom, and then um, Hadji on the 19th minute with a wonderful cross that 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 found Hadji at the back post and all he really had to do was just get just get a contact on it and uh, taken straight in. It was interesting to me to see Calvin Bass, well deserved man of the match, by the way. I think you know, he, he relishes these opportunities and I think that what we've almost had to say someone similar to what we do with Patterson and Tavernier, right? Is because we've got fullbacks who can provide exceptional delivery into the box um you know the the um delivery from set pieces as well in terms of free kicks and what they could do also from from delivery from corners um it's a very difficult thing to be able to try and meet and it almost feels as if we've we've tried to judge calvin bassi on part of that because he's athletic he will absolutely tear up and down the wing um I, i think he looks more solid defensively now whereas maybe there was a little bit of kind of focus on that um but on Friday night, what I think you saw was probably something different in terms of his delivery of crosses, and I'm keen to get your take on this. At times it felt like Borna in the last few games has tried to find the perfect cross. So he wants to be able to make sure that the ball has the necessary whip, the necessary speed, curve, delivery, you know, straight to where it should be going. Um, and, you know, it has to be pinpoint, otherwise it's 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 garbage. And it's a little bit like as if he's overthinking it. Whereas Bassey, it, it was just the word I used in Friday night doing the post match, Stevie, was blitz. He was just putting in crosses constantly and he was putting them in at, at you know, real pace. And not only does that give the strikers an opportunity, whoever's in the box an opportunity, really, but it also gives defenders something to think about because any kind of contact with them, there's an there's a even greater likelihood of an OG. So I suppose there's a bit of finesse coming in from the Barisic cross. Bassi can and did deliver some great crosses in there that we absolutely um, took advantage of. But it was a, a a real constant threat that he wanted to be able to try and put in there. And it was just something that felt a lot different to me than, than what we've, we've seen recently with Borna. Yeah, I mean, first of all, massive fan of Borna Barisic. I'm not going to write him off. But he, he does, to me, Cammy, he doesn't look right. And whether that's an injury, whether that's a lack of fitness, whether it's a confidence thing, because I see Borna hanging back. He's, he's not, he's, he's been over cautious in his play. I think that's fair to say. Dundee United in particular, he looked like he was, he was hanging back. Now, I've defended him a lot in the last week. I didn't think it was, you know, a good thing to, to drop him for Malmo, etc. Um and uh, I stand by that, the European game, the Dundee United game. I stand by those. I did think it was the right time for Calvin Bassey to come in on Friday night. And what I would like to say at this moment in time is, well done, Calvin Bassey, because he proved me wrong. I didn't think he had his delivery. I didn't think he had the attacking threat in his locker that he did. And his performance, out with the goals, first of all, the, the really clever thing about the first goal was not only did he anticipate the mistake and get into it, he didn't just fire it across. He looked up and played it into an area, which is really clever because he gambles on and a mistake like that. Defenders all running towards goal, him cutting it back and making space. Beforehand, maybe Borna, not high on confidence, etc. One, might not be in that position. And two, he's just hitting it for the sake of hitting it. Hits the first man, which we've seen a lot. Calvin actually looks up, does really well. He had another cross, Cammy, after about seven or eight minutes, which was right on the head of Kamar Roof, which he couldn't generate any power on, which a goal he easily caught, but was a tremendous, tremendous cross. Then the actual goal, which in terms of crossing, you and I are, are both old enough, Cammy, and are primed to remember Neil McCann putting in a cross for Ronald De Boer, the exact same 
kind of whip trajectory flight of ball where McK- um, Ronald De Boer would famously header an equaliser a minute after Celtic scored uh, in Parkhead and it, that reminded me so much of, of the same whip the same quality of cross it was outstanding he also had another one more or less straight after it which um, I think John Lundstrom flicked on for Nathan Patterson who volleyed and was well saved so on that left hand side in the first half alone not not all his crosses, but he created four clear opportunities, four clear goal, goal scoring opportunities. Now we've not had four from Borna so far at all this year. Now two things from that, I realised that um, we're only a couple of games in, obviously not trying to to be dramatic. And and secondly, it's not a slight on Borna. I think it just highlights that if he's fit and up to speed, the opportunities we create on the left are there for him. So what Calvin did was bring a freshness. He brought running, and it also meant I seen a better proactive and more involved Joe Rebo because he constantly had a, a through ball. He constantly had an outlet, and that outlet and running was creating space for him to then flourish in. So it all works effectively on that left-hand side. Ryan Kent was able to drift in, um, and then Kamar Roof coming out, Yanis Hadji coming out from the back. It all created room for Calvin Bassey to, to go in. And his pace, his willing, his, his power, his fitness, it all showed much better than what we've seen before. And again, I don't want to criticise Borna and say that that's not been happening. I'm just saying that on that left-hand side, everything that, that Calvin Bassey brought, he maximised the performance as much as he could in the first half alone, as I said, creating those four opportunities. And that is there for us, the way we play. And what he's done, Cammy, is, you know, even for such a young lad and, and even for people that had doubts, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I didn't because I definitely did, um, it's given him now the opportunity and hopefully the confidence to stay in the team and take that. And it's good for us because it provides us with a chance to to nurse Borna back to full confidence, full strength, full fitness, etc. And then we can kick on. And it also allows us to maximise our performance and focus on getting the balls down the sides, using the pockets of space, etc., because we know what he's going to provide. Giving credit to Ryan Kent when he didn't even play, Stevie. I mean, that is just... I love it. I love it. That's a good one. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, Scott I'm, Wright. I'm, I was going to say, yeah, it's like, listen, Scott Wright played that well. I could confuse him with Ryan Kent as well. I was actually about to, to say that Scott Wright, would, I think, had a fantastic game as well. Obviously scored the second goal uh, following a fantastic uh, ball supplied to him by Yanis Hadji. Um, that was, sorry, Cammy, that's what I'm trying to get at, is see when Yanis, right, playing in a front three, or Scott Wright, or Kamar Roof, see how deep Yanis then drops in to that yeah. hole. Which then and and ba- and Bassey on that left hand side is already away on that run as well. That's things that we maybe didn't see in the previous kind of bad week where it was safe play, passive play, it was easy passes. Whereas the point I was trying to get is that see when they when we're fluent and players are dropping deep, players are running into space. That is where we are at our best. And and Bassi's performance was so dynamic and it was so forward thinking that it managed to not only flourish his game, but others around him because they all worked simultaneously together. So when the players dropped deep, it created space for Aribo. Aribo then was able to find Bassi, who then moves into space. And it just all worked in tandem. The way we were doing last year with Borna when he was fit, that was what I was trying to can I get to, as you said quite rightly, the second goal that Scott Wright scores, Yanis Hadji, when he moves into that centre circle position, the space that he gets, the excellent pass, spin, through ball, that's everything about us. It's lovely play. There's a there's a point to that as well, which I want to I wanna touch on briefly as well, Stevie, where um and by the way, I I agree with everything that you're saying. The the added layer I would add on top of that is we could sit here and have this conversation uh, and and very simply just accept that it was Borna Barisic being able to do all this and guys who play alongside him regularly. So another compliment, I think, to Calvin Bassey and also the amount of um, tr- awareness that the, the, the entire squad have of each other is that we've been able to replicate 
um, some of that great play, but with ba- uh, with Borna Barisic out of the team and Calvin Bassey coming in, and now all of a sudden we look like we're back into to a really free-flowing game plan that, again, like you say, gets the best out of the playoffs. And I think that, you know, and again, I'll come back to that. Yes, we understand it's Dunfermline. For anyone listening to this thinking, Jesus, this sounds like a, you know, a world-class performance, we do understand that it's there. But what I do want to be able to also kind of touch on as well is that the real benefit I saw at Friday in such a strong performance and such a variety of goal scorers was that, and, and assists as well, actually, was that almost everyone that I wanted to be able to try and get something out of that game got something out of that. I thought Nathan Patterson was superb. You mentioned that volley that was an excellent save uh, to be able to deny him, but that was just one small aspect of his play. He was constantly up and down that line. He looks really, really comfortable now in that Rangers first 11. Um, And I don't think any Rangers fan has any concern whatsoever about Nathan Patterson being able to try and fill in there, more so to the fact that you know, there's a there's a larger conversation happening in the background about is there a way that we could facilitate both Tavari and Patterson being in the same team. You know, I'm I'm not necessarily sold on that at the moment. However, you know, kudos to young Nathan. Um, I think that you know, as I say, we we wanted more out of John Lundstrom, which we've we've started to see now as well. Yanis Hadji been able to come back from injury, been able to try and feature a little bit more. D- did get some game time against Malmo, but. Very little he could do within that as well. Kamar Roof obviously coming back, thankfully, um, after some time away from the uh, from the team and getting two goals. Um, Scott Wright, you mentioned it. I'm a big fan of Scott Wright. I think that the way he can he can go forward with the ball, he gives us something a little bit different, something a little bit. Um, he's very progressive with it. He does want to be able to go for. He's always positive. Um, and I think that the other the other side as well, when we're talking about Calvin Bassey coming into it a little bit more as well, I thought you saw Glenn Kamara look pretty comfortable across the board, but again, it's it's getting him back up to speed because obviously due to the Champions League circumstances, he's not played as much as we would have liked him to. So by and large, I think that when you look across the entire 90 minutes, really strong performance, no injuries. I don't think John McLaughlin had to have a shower after the game because he wasn't even worked. If you look at the entire game, just as that kind of wholly positive set of circumstances, I, I came out Ibrox and I was absolutely buzzing because almost everyone was able to take something away from that from who was involved. Yeah, and I think that's really important. And I think it highlights something else that I was trying to kind of get at in that we need everybody working together. When you take, we, we aren't good enough, for example, Cammy, that you can take the quality of Yanis Hadji, Kamar Roof. Glenn Kamara out of that team and not see an impact on it and I think when you understand and and look at their quality I think that's perfectly you know understandable I think it's acceptable when they're all on it like they were the other night you can see the difference the movement the passing the the space that gets opened up others flourish from that like Joe Rebo then performs really well Calvin Bassey then Nathan Patterson so I think in terms of Friday night going as well as it can and getting everything we can out of it, Cammy, I think it was absolutely spot on. Uh, really pleased for Yanis Hadji, really pleased for Kamar Roof as well, because I think that these guys are massive. I think that when they're not there, um, people realise just how important they, were, they are. And I gave Kamar Roof a bit of stick because he had a dip in form last year and then powered back with a couple of cracking goals against Celtic and Aberdeen and a good close to the season. I think Kamar Roof can get can be a 20-goal-a-man season. Um, and I think that he's got that quality. His touch from left to right foot and finish shows you that from Friday night. And yes, again, context is needed, etc. But it doesn't matter. You know, the goals don't move. It doesn't matter who you're playing. And I think he's as natural a replacement number nine that we have at the club at the moment, you know, for when Alfredo's not available or whatever. So out of I came away like you, really happy with the response, really positive about individual performances, and it's now about kicking on. I'm really pleased that the likes of, um, you know, Ryan Kent, etc., will now get that 10 days born as well, get that 10 days on the training ground where we can work on things because... Not only was I happier about individual performance, I was happier about what we were doing, Cammy, in terms of movement of the players. Passing was more effective, it was more direct, it was more to our strengths. It was a, as much as the individual stuff had been disappointing in the last week, some of our play was slipping 
and that's something that concerned me. So as far as Friday night goes, a complete 10 out of 10 for me. Lots of positives individually and collectively as a team. So Stevie, uh, over the weekend, the remaining ties were played and then the draw for the quarterfinals was made uh, where Rangers uh, drew Livingston uh, at Ibrox. I think we'd said that in the build-up to the Dunfermline game, um, there was a couple of of different things that you had to consider. The first one was that the manager, you know, he wanted to put a strong team in order to ensure that, um, you know, the the run of poor performances and poor results, you know, came to a stop. And so therefore it it had its own particular individual meaning. But there's also a part to that where you know that pre-season, the manager had said incredibly keen to, to win a domestic cup. Um, he has underperformed um, in the cup competitions domestically since becoming Rangers manager. He knows that. He absolutely wants to change that. Um, I thought we we had a convincing win against Livingston overall. Uh, you know, obviously three 0 with with late goals in the, in the kind of latter part of the game um, doesn't tell its whole story. But again, you know, not not nothing much to kind of break sway over. I think from Livy. It'll be interesting to see as to how he approaches this quarterfinal because I, I think that it means too much for him um, to to be slightly lackadaisical about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, th- I think that they've spoke well when they look at how much the domestic trophies mean to them this season. So I don't expect them to go like that. I, th- I think we are in a position where we might be able to rotate three or four. Um, you could maybe see like Sir John McLaughlin starting, etc. But it will all be in context of what's going on at that time, surrounding hopefully European fixtures, hopefully league form, etc. So he'll go strong, undoubtedly. It's a good draw from our point of view, as, as it's a home draw. We give Livingston the, the respect they deserve because they are a good side. Obviously, David Martindale's a, a good a good manager as well. So they'll relish coming to Ibrooks as well. And, and playing, you know, and enjoying it in front of a full house, etc., which we'll take into account. But I'm always confident when it's a home draw. I always look forward to it. And like you say, we, we have to rectify the, um, the the position with the domestic trophies. And it's also another early opportunity for Rangers to put a, a stamp down and say, for all the criticism we've had lately, for everything that people have been saying, we're the champions of this country. And not only are we looking to do that again, we're looking to build on it, and here's an excellent opportunity. And you mentioned there, uh, obviously, the, the scenario in Europe. So um, Rangers play uh, Alaskert of Armenia um, at Ibrox on Thursday evening uh, with the return leg to be played the uh, the, the following week. Um, Stevie, I, I mean, I, again, we don't want it to, to sound as if there's a huge amount of pressure in it because... Worst case scenario, if we're unable to get through, there is still the the um, Europa Conference. But um, financially, we know that it's taken a bit of a blow for us not to be able to get through um, into the Champions League group stages. Uh, I wouldn't like to say that we can't afford to, to fail in the Europa League, but I think we have to move ourselves away from the financial impact as much as certain people think that it's the be-all and end-all of it. We are a proven European team. Um, we are group winners within the Europa League under Steven Gerrard um, and my hope is Alashkert will not prove too much difficulty for us if anything um, I would love a, a repeat of last Friday of the attitude from the first whistle going out, get the game put to bed early and as much as we possibly can um, make the, 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 the away leg a formality Yeah and although we, we have to be respectful to our opponents they really, we should be looking at doing that on Thursday night, Cammy. Um, and and you know I run the risk of putting myself in a position where I get egg in my face, and you know the worst possible scenario happens. But I really don't see it happening. A fully functional and flowing Rangers side, as we know it, it can be, can easily take four or five goals off this team. Um, and Europe is important to us, but we've got to think. What's upcoming? We've seen in previous years, um, David and I obviously just did the Evolution podcast series where we looked at Gerard more in depth and things. And you look back to games against Ufa um, and then games against Warsaw where we had Celtic straight after and they got beat both times. We need to factor that in on, on what we are doing next. So the message has got to be, you know, first and foremost, win the game on Thursday night. 
But I would not be surprised if there's not a let-up and in terms of trying to kill this tie off in one go. Now, Cammy, look, obviously, uh, you know, I'm, I'm old enough and I've seen this so many times where we go into games where you hope that happens and you scrape at 1-0 or whatever and, or, or the worst possible scenario happens. But we've got to be thinking a bit in terms of, of trying to do exactly that. That's that's my overall thoughts on, on Thursday. I don't know a lot about them um, in terms of individual players, etc. I know a lot about how strong they are. Um, I've listened to and looked at a few opinions on them. And we're, we're looking at, you know, we played some teams like Maritimo, etc. And, and this this uh, Maribor and, and things like that, rather, in this level of, of competition before. We played Ufa, we played Warsaw, etc. And they're nowhere near even the standard of this team. I would put them in the bracket of Dundee at home would be the same level of, of team that we're about to play on Thursday night. And yeah, look, again, I'll, I'll re-emphasise that this could make me look extremely silly, but I'm, I'm looking at Rangers doing a really emphatic job on Thursday night, killing the tie off so that we can go into that game next week and, and rotate as much as possible and with a, an eye on what happens domestically because even at this early stage, it's a huge opportunity and it's a, a huge week for Rangers in terms of Europe and, and domestic to to really answer the critics, really put our foot down and, and just send a message that despite everybody, you know, they've all got a lot to say. You know, suddenly Steven Gerrard's the, the guy that, that is, isn't a championship winner. He isn't, you know, the guy that, that has returned the trophy to Rangers. He's a guy that's got one in nine. We are the team that... Um, apparently is no good, etc, etc. We've heard it all, we'll come on to this, obviously, but I, I'm determined, um, and uh, again, this sounds silly, it's not like I'm playing or anything, thank goodness, but I'm determined that, that we are going to, you know, do this in the next 10, 14 days and, and really send out a message to everyone that we are Rangers, we're champions, and we are for a reason, and we don't deter, we don't want to give that up easily and that starts Thursday night and I'm backing us Cammy. I'm backing us to take a good few off them and kill this tie on Thursday night Yeah um, it will be interesting because I think that um, you, you, you've hit the nail on the head with regards to being able to respect the opponent, I, I totally agree with that but I would respect them in so far as um, you know when we when we get out there to to start the game really positively really brightly We've shown that there are certainly players who can who can um, help us in that in that impression because we've got guys like you know as we say Calvin Bassey coming into it. I think that there is now a very very strong argument that Calvin Bassey retains that shirt. Um, may not be the worst thing in the world. Uh, I'm a big fan of Borna Barisic. I want to make sure that he does uh, take this in the right way, which is that there is a competition for his place, a legitimate competition for his place now in, in big games um, because I think Bassey will, will certainly look to, to contribute wherever he possibly can the, what will be interesting will be um, our overall aim to not just see getting into the group stages but how far that we can get within that as well because the competition due to the creation of the, 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 the conference uh, is a separate uh, competition the Europa League now takes on its own particular angle because the 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 teams involved are probably far more diluted than we've had beforehand. We've been able to probably get a higher calibre of, of, of opponent, which means that within its own right, it's become tougher. So, yeah, we need to be able to do that. And I think you're absolutely right about sending out a statement to do that. And we've got that opportunity to do that with, again, being able to get back and win in the league, hopefully at Ross County at the weekend. The away leg over there, which hopefully, despite travel, despite what we're hoping that you know will be a relatively straightforward game for us, means that we do not have to use much of um, the regular first team starters because again we do have the visitor Celtic at Ibrox the the weekend after that. So yeah, it will be interesting. Stevie, one thing which which um, has certainly come up because we we're obviously still within the transfer window uh, was on Sunday um, a, a newspaper ran a story. Uh, to say that Nikola Katic's uh, career at Rangers was now completely over and that he was going to be leaving the club as soon as possible uh, on a permanent deal. Um, there's been a lot of focus around the, the, the centre-half uh, positions um, with George Edmondson obviously now left the club permanently. Um, Jack Simpson, as you mentioned before, probably still, the jury's still out in him, but you know, as you rightly said, he is a project and we need to be able to make sure that he give, he's given the time to uh, to bed in properly. 
Katic came out and 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 openly said that you know he, he wants to remain at Rangers. He, he you know put up his picture on, on on social media to to kind of confirm that fact. Um, what is likely to happen is that he's likely to go on loan because we are not interested in getting rid of Nikola Katic permanently. The problem that Katic has is. In order to continue to assist his recovery, he needs to be able to play games. He needs regular games all the time. He played 70 minutes for the Rangers B team um, last week, but that is going to be seldom. Plus, it's not going to help him in terms of the level he needs to, to make sure that he, he, he plays that and he needs to play difficult games. Um, the view being that he will now go on loan probably for either half a season of the season, probably the season to be able to get him into and, and develop into a strong club that not only will play him, but will also make sure that he's he's truly tried and tested. Jake Hasty has also now went on loan um, to to Partick Thistle. Um, there are other conversations happening in terms of you know the Morelos uh, interest from Porto. Um, still seems to be bubbling away in about the background. I still think there's business to be done before the end of the window, and I think that you know it's within Rangers to be able to try and control that. Yeah, um, but believe it or not, despite the, the doom and gloom and the negatives that, that may surround the club or certain media outlets are, are trying to paint, I think the Rangers are in a position of strength with, with regards to what we do with our squad coming in and out. If players are going to leave, Cammy, we that's that's not suddenly something new just because we went out of the Champions League. If if that number was going to be hit for Kane, going to be hit for Morelos, going to be hit for Hadji, Borna, Tab, whoever, then they were going anyway. Despite the fact if we would have sailed into the the Champions League, if that money had come in from any of the, of of our players that we felt was was high enough, the board have already talked about the the need for player trading. Last summer was different because we had to nail the championship, we had to get that, and you know we were turned down pretty big deals for Kent and Morello. So it's different now that a year on we have got that championship in the bag. We we do need to freshen the squad, which is as you know, sometimes that takes a big sale to you know to bank some and, and freshen other positions. So we can decide what we want to do. We can decide who goes, we can decide what happens. And the and the the thing is with the likes of Nico Katic is that Nico is only 22, possibly 23. Um, he's the long-term future, long-term project, as much as Jack Simpson is. At the moment, we've got a steady three in Goldson, Hollander and Balogun. Jack Simpson can easily act as a fourth. So Nico is in a position where he's not going to get much game time, and he needs that. The Lowland League, as good as it is for boys, you know, in the B team, etc., is way beneath him. And it's not going to trouble him. So the the obvious answer would be get him out for six months, and and that's what we we want to do. So it was great when you came with that news yesterday, which we all largely expected, and are very thankful for it. But I I don't see that as being an issue for us. I don't see it as being an issue for Nico. I think it's a good move all round. Jake Hasty, on the other hand, Jake Hasty was a gamble on you know some early promise etc., which hasn't worked out for him. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. For every Jake Hasty, you've got a Scott Wright. So it's is that's the position we're in where we I'm glad they are trying to get the best talent in Scottish football. So I don't want that not to continue just because Jake Hasty so far hasn't worked out. Patrick Thistle's a good move for him in terms of Ian McCall's an excellent manager, and Lewis Mayo's there as well. And if he can't do well, can he at that level? then he's never going to make it with us anyway. But six months there, hopefully he kicks on, will open up avenues for him that, that isn't there currently. So, like you said, there's things going around. Alfredo's the, the big one. Nobody wants Alfredo to go. I think we all pretty much love him and we all realise just how vital he is for this team. But at some point, Alfredo is going to go and we'd be as well doing it at a time where we can dictate the price and things like that. Now, I'm pretty certain that if a 15, 16 million pound bid or over comes in for Alfredo or it's structured that way, then he will be gone. And we're in a position where we just need to accept that that, that's exactly what happens. Likewise, Ryan Kent or anybody else, although the valuations might be higher for for certain people. 
I think that Alfredo was just under two years of his contract is probably our biggest, most saleable asset. And there's another side to it as well that Alfredo deserves, in my opinion, to play Champions League football. He's done, he's delivered a championship for Rangers last season. He's helped deliver it. He's he's been integral for, for where we've been. If that big move comes in and the money's right after the promises we've made to him, I think it would be really, really poor of us as a club to stand in his way. Now, you may be saying, Stevie, what the hell are you talking about? Because that'll weaken us and people may be shaking their head listening to it. But it's got to work both ways. We, we've had service out of Alfredo. If that big money move comes in and, and he wants to go, then I think we should be respectful and, and move him on if it suits everyone. We can then bank some of that. We can freshen up other positions. Alfredo going might mean that Kamar comes in as number nine. It might push on it and it might give Defoe that game time, etc. again. So we, it's not like we don't have options. We've also got Fashion Sakala. So there's, there is cover there. It's not the quality that Alfredo is, but there's no reason why they can't grow into it. There's no reason why we can't bring in somebody with that money as well. So it's options. But there is, like you like you said, Cammy, and, and I thoroughly expect that over the next two weeks for things to happen, I expect there'll be one or two big ones going out. We might get a surprise in. It might be a loan. It might be a player, depending on who goes out. So, yeah, it's, it's far from done. And I still think there's lots of conversations to be had um, regarding there's there's some players I spoke with David before on this, on the update and things. I think there's players squad position 22 to kind of 26. And you're seeing the likes of Edmondson, Jones, Hasty have all gone out. I think there's a few more to go in terms of loans and things as well. So there's definite business for us. And Stevie, something that, that we both touched on there as well, which I do want to kind of come back to just as we we wrap up. Um, it's been interesting to, to see, because for anyone who has listened to the uh, the flagship or extra um, in the last couple of weeks since we got back to the, the season kicking off, we'll know that Heart and Hand are now official media partners at Rangers. And what you've started to see now, Stevie, and I'm, I'm keen to get your, your thoughts on this, is it almost has felt that since the... the um, media partnerships have been announced from Rangers and there's obviously fees attached to that which I think everybody who's heard any of this will, will now know. It feels like there's been a, a little bit of a kind of them versus us as part of fan media versus mainstream media and I was always going to be curious that when this started to to really grow what the reaction was going to be and I think over the last three or four days across the weekend and certainly in the build-up to the Dunfermline game, it's, it's been very easy for certain quarters of the of the the media to come out and have a have a dig at Rangers, whether that's a, a blatant all-out assault or a sly boot, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it feels as if part of the narrative has either been um, Rangers are denying us access because we won't pay it, therefore the you know the club are stopping us from telling you you know your particular updates or articles or whatever because again that's big bad rangers or alternatively it's been the case that most have now started to kind of go after the club um i feel that we've seen a couple of clear examples of that is the katic story which we just mentioned there which again like i say i'm fairly certain will be proven to be complete rubbish um if, if katic does go out on loan and the second side to that i saw is, is again we just touched on there was the uh, the transfer um demands uh, that apparently Ross Wilson isn't doing his job, Stephen Gerrard isn't doing his job, the board are not um, trustworthy. I've read all manner of nonsense. And that, to me, is fed by the fact that the media are not, not getting into access unless they're willing to pay. Um, so effectively what they're doing is they're trying to sour the milk by putting in quite obviously negative stories about Rangers in order to, you know, curry favour, I suppose, either with their own editors or outlets or alternatively just to be able to say you know this won't work because um you know we're not going to give you any kind of form of good press it's not about fan media versus mainstream media it's not about that what we want and i say this as a as a, as a fan media um you know from a fan media perspective is we've been brought into creation podcasts and blogs like four lads have been brought into creation because there was a gap be- between journalists, newspapers, radio shows, TV programmes and fans. There was a gap there and we have filled that gap. And what I've found really interesting is the response to this that we would hope is that it would raise standards. I think in some cases, Stevie, it's lowered standards if 
you know, that was, you know, possible. But for me, this is about being able to try and provide fans with with stories, fans with great content, fans with um, who who want to be able to try and interact with those people to to have a you know in heart and hand, for example, on our Patreon site, we will always assess how our listeners react to new pods, new shows, how we will do things, how we will refine our processes, how to be able to do all of that. It's not just a, a, a void that you would shout into. You're very much part of that. And I think it's been interesting to see the reaction from the mainstream media, especially over the last few days, um, and people's reaction to that as well. This is kind of twofold, Cammy, in, in terms of my answer to this. As for Lads of the Dream, I've had um, a, a good relationship with the club in terms of I've been allowed to sample some um, media what would you what would you call it? some some media um access so i've been allowed to go to games i've been allowed to report from games i've, I've been allowed to do some press conference etc now this news and uh, in the summer that um the the kind of landscape was changing um directly affects me because i am a, a free blog i don't charge for services etc therefore i don't make any money to be able to pay for um access so I have taken that, you know, and for what it is, and I completely agree with the club's stance. Um, I've listened to Stuart Robertson. I've had discussions with the club, and I completely agree with it. And there's no entitlement from me. There's no um, stamping of the feet. There's no shouting and bawling at the club asking for, well, why don't I have this? Why don't I have that? In exchange for that situation, the, the club have been brilliant with me. I've still been allowed to attend certain things. On a match day, I'm still welcomed into the stadium. I'm still provided with programmes, team sheets, something to eat at half-time, etc. None of it which is I'm entitled to or expecting. I'm just a fan. But the club still go out of their way to do that. They still go out of their way to involve me. The other side of it being is I don't get that extra access to press conferences. However, the club for years have given press every single you know every single access every single entrance into the stadium etc etc the fans are all paying for this i don't see why others should should be allowed to you know get all this for free the sense of entitlement that we're now seeing has turned from that you know entitlement to there's been a lot of comments surrounding you know well who's going to ask these questions blah 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 there's been direct attacks on fan media. Um, and I just think that it's now went to a stage over the last week where it's turned from being sly digs or entitlement to serious, aggressive a- attack on the club. Some of the things that you've you've talked about yesterday, we saw you know, articles saying that Gerard's now in huge trouble with his job is on a shaky nail, etc., because we failed to qualify for the Champions League. We both know, and everybody listening knows, that that is complete rubbish, so it's a negative article for the sake of it. Then we had another saying that Rangers can't sell anyone, um, our model doesn't work, the signings we've made is poor. There's no context to any of these stories, in that, if you look at last season, Rangers turned down mega money for Alfredo and turned down mega money for Ryan Kent. So if we wanted those big sales... They would have already came. Then there's a story about Nico Katic, which is just guesswork. It's poor. We know that the agent and the player themselves are absolutely furious. Nico Katic posted last night on Instagram a picture of him celebrating with many more to come. You can't get much more denial than that without the club coming out. And then you've got other stories, Cammy, that that today talking about you know Rangers. It, it, it's the inference against board members. You know. It, how we go about our business transfer-wise, etc. It's a definite narrative swing in terms of they went directly after the club. It's it's there's a I almost feel like in reading some of it there's a poisonous intent to it. And then there's the other side where it's now being categorised as fan media versus normal media. None of us have wanted this situation. I didn't create a blog to become. Um, a problem to anyone or or become an enemy of anyone indeed we've we've all had good relationships with certain journalists 
and I don't ask for unfair reporting. I don't ask for biased coverage, Cammy. I don't ask that that Rangers, you know, in difficult positions are, aren't questioned. What I ask for is just a fairness, just a context about things. If you're going to write an article that Rangers transfer, you know, activity doesn't work and, and we've no assets or anything else, you cannot just sit there and say that it's failing on the back of such massive, widely confirmed bids being turned down. You can't. Do, there's nothing to that. That just becomes an attack on the club. When you're guessing about information with regards to Goldson's contract, Katic's situation, rubbishing our manager, saying that he's in danger after delivering a title, inferring that there's boardroom problems, inferring that there's problems with Ross Wilson, etc. This isn't context, Cammy. This isn't, you know, fair coverage. This isn't asking legitimate questions that are there to be asked after a Champions League exit. This is just a free-for-all a poisonous pursuit of the club because other factors are now making them do this. I.e., there's no way, in my opinion, that we would have had this level of virtual towards the club had this this situation with paying for access not transpired. I'll also point out for people that, that may not know and for the way that's been reported, the press are still allowed access to Ibrox. They're still provided match tickets. They're still provided... The programs, the team sheets, the food at halftime, the way that I, the way that I am, but the level of entitlement from that—that that they should have more, they should have free press. They're not going to be allowed to ask the difficult questions. I'm sorry, but what a load of nonsense! I have not seen anything in the last three years, in the last ten years, where the media have been asking difficult questions of anybody. Give me a media press conference where they go along and say, "Oh well, Stevie, that was a bad result. What do you take from that?" That happens every week, but there's no in-depth questioning. There's no holding the club to account. There's no balance. There's no context to this. If they want that, then pay their money and come along because they sit and criticise fan media who have done it and have put their hand in their pocket for that access. To me, just strikes of an arrogance, an entitlement, and the the coverage over the last weekend has just been it's it's virgin now on absolutely ridiculous and i'm sorry cammy i went away in a waffle and we ran there but this really upsets me i don't ask for again i'm not looking for sunshine and flowers you know and everything's wonderful ask the questions go about it properly just add the context and fairness and proper coverage behind it like we have done in the last week on heart and hand on four lads on this is Ibrox, on any fan media anywhere, but don't do it with just poisonous intent the way they're doing it now. Listen, totally agree. Not a rant at all. I, I, you know, as you're talking, I'm sitting there, my neck sore from nodding so much in terms of, of you know, everything that you've said there. I think um, that will do us for this week, folks, as we mentioned there as well. Please uh, have a chance to come on to um, patreon.com forward slash heart and hand um, if you'd like to join our Patreon community. We will give you um, some of the pre-match updates live from Ibrox and also updates from the press conference um, you know, immediately following games um, you will get up to four shows a day uh, all to do with Rangers and various other uh, topics Stevie mentioned earlier on um, you may be, uh, like he and I, somewhat in the dark uh, regarding our European opponents on Thursday, well, our very own roving reporter, James Forrest, um, has done a European hangover show where he's actually spoken directly uh, to fans uh, of Alaska and Armenia um, who are part of their own football podcast across there as well, which is a brilliant listen. Um, and again, like you say, brings us a little bit closer to, to uh, a really important game for us on Thursday. Um, thank you to my executive producers in London, Mr. Knightley and uh, Mr. Paul Myers. Stevie, thank you very much for coming on. An excellent guest as always. Um, please let everyone know as well where they can find the Four Lads blog. Yeah, so obviously on social media you can find um, Four Lads at a Dream blog on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, we have a, it's free for all. It's basically just cameos. Hopefully most people will know it's a, it's it's my own thoughts and opinion blog. Um, I am able to bring now match reports, which is a bit of an alternative match reporting from Rangers games, where I I just read it, uh, I just write it rather as live, so that people can read it and read all the posts. And it's light-hearted. It's a fan's view, so it's it's a wee bit different because there's no point in doing the same thing as as the, as the main sites and others do. So we we have that. 
um, and just general Rangers chit chat. So if you want to come find us, please go and search Four Lads at a Dream on any of your, your kind of um, social media outlets and you'll find it. And you'll also find me popping up on here when I'm asked to guest, which I'm delighted to do. So again, Gammy, thanks for having me on. And thank you for the wider Heart and Hand family for listening also. Always welcome, my friend. Always welcome. Ian Hogg will be back with you folks on Extra. He's stepping into my shoes um, on Friday uh, to cover the hopefully the, the uh, very strong and successful performance against the last kit as well. And David will be back with Flagship next Monday. Hope everyone keeps safe and well. Let's uh, make sure that we get a great result on Thursday night. Come and have a brilliant week and we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.